We manipulate our thoughts, our actions, and our behavior to stay with what we know as our comfort zone. However, our place of familiarity is not always the healthiest frame of mind and lifestyle to have and also to be living in. And it's frustrating because even if what we know and what we are doing is causing us discomfort, we continue to do it. Hi, my name is Yvette Rose, author and founder of Metaphysical Anatomy, which is a book that has all the ailments, 679 medical ailments and diseases in that, but also the emotional stress that we store and hold within our bodies that are behind them, that we all share universally. And welcome to today's topic, manipulation is your default. And the reason for that is that we are biologically designed to adapt. We are designed to adapt to our problems, especially if we cannot find an immediate solution for it. And if you think that you are rigid or that you have a fear of change or adjustment, then that is just, for example, a surface level superficial fear. Because let's be honest, you are adapting and adjusting in small ways every single day to your environment. Or are you? I mean, of course, it is important to adapt and change, but not to your detriment. And this is where our relationship with ourself is actually so flawed because we don't recognize this fine line anymore. And we have become so emotionally numb that we fail to recognize important little signals in our psyche and also in our body when it's trying to tell us that we are overstepping our threshold, we are overstepping our limits and when something is wrong. Then over time, the emotional pain becomes so much and so much more energized through our absence towards ourselves, meaning our awareness towards our needs whether it's emotional, physical, or psychological. And the absence is there because we're not used to thinking for ourselves anymore. We are not used to listening to ourselves anymore. Now, why do we do that? You see, manipulation is a mirror reflection of what you have become used to in your environment. Outside influences causing you to question yourself, causing you to question what you know deep down is probably right for you, such as listening to your body, especially when it's in pain. Instead, we're told to just take a pill. Don't look at, don't look at your garden, which could be a haven for natural pain relieving remedies that's growing right under your nose. When you feel emotional stress, good God, you know, the doctor to the patient will say, maybe you're depressed, here's Valium, here's Zoloft, and you know, the occasional drugs that are always coming in. But it's there to make you happier. You see, we're dealing with symptoms when we take suppressants. 
And it's so funny to me sometimes that people are actually still baffled as to why they don't get better. How are you going to get better if you put a band-aid on a chronic sore? What is causing that sore to become chronic? Disinfectant is not going to heal a deeper problem that is taking place within your body. And remember, even with this example, that by the time something surfaces as pain or to the physical body, you are now dealing with a symptom. It's a sign of an internal malfunction. But now we try to manipulate the body with substances to trick it into thinking that it feels okay, that it feels better, which is actually you perceiving the illusion that you're feeling better only because the pain or the stress feels less. But you manipulated the symptoms in the body that has caused you discomfort. And discomfort caused you to listen to outside influences who are also now manipulating you into moving away from listening to your own intuition and your body and your gut feeling. Now, over hundreds of years, we've lost vital knowledge as to how we can help ourselves and support ourselves. And also because of our natural inclination is to be fearful and negative. And this is a biological programming. And this aspect within us in the human race has been tapped, you know, tapped into over and over again. And it's been twisted. It's been manipulated with fear leaving us feeling that we don't know where we are going, what we are doing, leaving us feeling that we don't know what our body needs during a time of illness. And most of the worst part of it all is emotional stress. So you see, this is not just about global manipulation, but it begs the question, how far does this debilitating pattern of manipulation really stretch? As I say in all my teachings, that your relationship is a mirror, right? Especially with yourself. It's a reflection of how you've been treated. It's a reflection of how you've been responding. And if you were exposed to countless moments of manipulation, then what's going to happen? You're going to start to manipulate your own thoughts and body. And also the instructions of this manipulation will not necessarily be positive. Have any of you noticed how your inner voice and your attitude towards people and circumstances sometimes sounds a lot like someone who had an influence over you when you grew up? I mean, it's subtle. It's very subtle. But its presence and the subconscious replay of even that is strong enough to influence now your decisions. And it can be strong enough to influence how you interpret messages that your intuition and your body is trying to send you, especially during times of challenges and also stress. Because then we are actually most vulnerable to being manipulated. Because we're looking for an escape from the discomfort that we are feeling. Because we are biologically programmed to be emotionally and pain avoidant. To move away from it. However, now hundreds of years ago, we moved away from it with discernment, with understanding. 
and we knew what the root cause perhaps of the pain or the emotional stress was and a solution would have been found for it within a very constructive approach. And then we would move away from the problem. Meaning, healing the underlying cause of the symptom, which was the old problem, with a healthy solution. Now we move away from it by following outside advice, by manipulating our minds, our values, that especially our beliefs that belong perhaps to other people that we adapted to during times when we didn't know what to do. Because when there is panic, what do we do? We look around us to see what the other person is doing. We don't always necessarily initially just take action and make our own decisions. You see, we are followers, subconsciously, not leaders. Not just in regard to our life, but also in regards to our bodies and also how our body works. How it operates is being destroyed because we are following instructions and also advice that is not necessarily in sync with the natural rhythm of our body's ability to heal and also to think for itself. Instead, we program ourselves with negativity, which is a mirror of our environment, which serves as a constant reminder and subconscious reinforcement of our perceived state of feeling powerless towards our life. So you see, manipulation only becomes manipulation if you accept what is being said and projected and also suggested. And the state of mind that you are in plays a tremendously big role in this. Because when we are most susceptible to manipulation is when we feel vulnerable. And when, we, when do we feel vulnerable? When we feel that our inner resources, whether it's psychological, physical, is not serving us or helping us to create the ideal environment to cope in and also to handle challenges that we are faced with. And the reason for that? Because of past manipulations where our capacity to think and feel and decide for ourselves have been greatly challenged and suppressed. And this includes even something like a childhood upbringing. Because when we are in a state of distress, that state almost becomes a lifestyle, especially if you don't break the pattern, if you don't break down and get to the root cause of the reason as to why you are in that state of distress in the first place. Negative thoughts become stronger and stronger and your actions are subtly manipulated by deep negative subconscious thoughts. And this is because of all unresolved trauma in our subconscious mind and also emotional body. Let me explain. I'm very sure that you've noticed that when you experience a certain type of strong emotion, it can drain your body to such a great extent and that you can even feel that certain parts of your body is flaring up, say in the form of pain or tension or physical discomfort somewhere in the body. And the reason for that is that our emotions are also held in stored in our body. 
And this emotional storage can now actually build up over time. And how does that work? You see, when you feel a negative emotion, in most cases, you have a negative thought that comes up with it. It could be the emotion that comes first or the thought. It just depends where's your level and alertness at, because that will pick up on where it comes from first. Meaning it depends if the emotion is more stressful or if the thought is more stressful. And yes, there can actually be a difference. Now, when you think, I know you're thinking right now, but stay with me. Now, when you think of a negative thought, your, for example, your neural pathways are now firing off electromagnetic fields. And these fields now circulate in your body's field, right? Think of the holographic universe. And remember that this electromagnetic field has the capacity to program matter. And your body is also made of matter. It's exactly the same when you walk into a room and you feel the energy of the room and it feels, for example, sad or depressing. And what you're actually feeling is the person's state of mind that spent a lot of time in that room. Now, also that same, for, for example, this, this, if, if you give an object to someone of a loved one that's, for example, passed away to a medium, they can tap into the memories of that person. And then memories are actually held and stored in the object. So now here you energize strong negative thoughts and emotions. And then they are circulated through your electromagnetic field into the matter, meaning throughout the physical body. Now in my research, I've come to learn that strong emotions have a strong tendency to gravitate to weakened areas in the body where you maybe could have experienced a trauma or inflammation, aggravating this area and amplifying, for example, inflammation if your immune system is not strong enough, which could, for example, be weak due to long-term stress. It could also be, for example, the onset of an autoimmune disease or gut problems that you might have. Now, we know that our gut is also linked to our brain. Now, just bear here with me because this is a very important tangent because we're not just talking about your gut. We're also talking about your state of mind and the immune system because your gut is connected to your immune system. So back to what I was saying earlier, just a fun fact. Now, how do these thoughts and these emotions held in the electromagnetic field affect your gut? It's because of the vagus nerve now combined with the sensory nerves, communicating information back and forth to the vagus nerve which also plays now an extremely important role as a communicator, as a connector between your brain and your gut microbiome. So if your emotions change, so does your gut flora. And when your gut flora is influenced with negative emotions and thoughts, the functioning of your digestive system will be affected because it has a direct influence on the microbiome in your gut. Now, with or without food, your mind is now also connected to your gut and 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So you see, your state of mind plays a tremendously big role on your immune system's reliance and endurance towards ailments. But you also see that due to prolonged stress and unhealthy lifestyle, constant negative thoughts 
and the list can go on, affects the emotional and physical strength in the way that it directly taps into your ability to feel resilient towards your environmental stress, depending on how much you have overcome stress in the past. However, now over the years, we are slowly but surely waking up. And guys, I mentioned this biological aspect to it because our emotions and the body plays a tremendously big role coming together. It's not just thoughts and emotions. There is so much more to it and the way that it is stored and held within the body. It's very, very important. And I've done a lot of extensive research on that as well. And it will be coming, a lot of that will be coming out in my new books as well. Now we are slowly but surely waking up because we have developed self-help techniques because there is something deeper that we know is there, but we can't quite put our finger on it to tap into it. It's almost like there's an inner sense of strength of knowledge, of ancient wisdom that is held in the memory of our DNA lineage. And I mean, talk about more manipulation. You hear many people say, you know, we should delete and destroy our junk DNA. Listen, even to the most subtleness of this manipulation, I mean, junk DNA, when you just hear that word, your thoughts are already diverted to junk, to trash, to something that's useless, items not needed, and so forth. Well, no. That junk DNA is what you are made of. Your deepest inherited wisdom of thousands of years of experience and evolution is held in that. You are an expression of that accumulated data. And now you want to get rid of it? You want to get rid of the so-called junk DNA? I mean, research also shows that, you know, let's say you have a negative epigenetic expression that caused you, you know, problems or pain. And you manage to deal with it, meaning by healing it. And then the expression of that epigenetic switch is now switched off meaning your environment does not trigger it anymore. If that expression of that epigenetic matter can stay switched off for at least two to 400 years, then your DNA can actually permanently adjust and change, right? It adjusts to the absence of this old expression. Are you starting to see my point? So my point is that we, can, we, we are a work in progress. That is exactly what we are and we always will be. And it's also in our nature to attack the things that we don't understand. You see the memories of moments where we became resilient are very important to pass on to future generations. And the coding in the memory for that is in the DNA, in this so-called junk DNA. So, yes, I understand we attack things that we don't understand. Like I said, we attack things if there's fear. But good God, you know, don't attack yourself. Don't attack the power and the wisdom and the history that made you who you are. So you see, in short, my point is 
when you look at your relationship with yourself, how authentic is this aspect, these decisions that you make for you, really based on what it is that you want? Or are they echoes of what perhaps other people wanted from you? Or are there expressions of you trying to fit into a society that's not necessarily in alignment with what your true values and deepest needs are? And in most cases, we actually lose track of what these real, authentic, true and deep needs are because we've been so disconnected from them for such a long time that we ended up adapting to needs and values that we thought or think we need when in reality, it's actually in conflict with us. Talk about inner conflict. Talk about having a very challenging or even yet destructive relationship with ourselves. Have you ever wondered why? So guys, thank you so much for joining me here. And until next time, be the light that you are. Hi guys, thank you for joining me. And remember to grab your copy of Metaphysical Anatomy on Amazon, 679 Medical Elements. And I also wrote about the psychosomatic root causes of that. And I'm spoiling it because I even added key points for you to start looking at important questions that you can ask yourself to start improving your quality of life. And also remember to catch me on Instagram, Yvette Rose, one with the digit one, and Metaphysical Anatomy on our Facebook fan page. Bye, guys.